1963, Smash Records released My Boyfriend's Back, the latest single by the New Jersey girl group The Angels. The song would spend three weeks at the top of the Billboard charts, driven to number one by its catchy tune, a narrative of rejected advances, slanderous accusations, delayed vindication, and eager anticipation of a likely painful retribution. With its verses sung in the sing-song of playground taunting and the jubilant refrain, Hey la, de la, my boyfriend's back, it retains all its original power to crawl into our ear and take up residence for the rest of the day. In this song, we have a tight two-minute, 14-second story in which the boyfriend leaves, the girl suffers, the boyfriend comes back and vindicates his sweetie girl lorum. Hey la, de la, joy ensues. And this can help us to understand the question asked in today's gospel. What then will this child be? As well as shed some light on assumptions we make about Christ's promised return to judge the living and the dead. To do so requires a quick look back at Israel's history. 600 years before John's birth, the prophet Ezekiel had a vision of God's glory departing the temple, his dwelling place in the midst of his chosen people. This means suffering, defeat, and exile for Israel, as God is no longer with them, defending them. In 587 BC, Jerusalem was conquered, the temple destroyed, and the survivors taken captive to Babylon. While a few would eventually return, most of the passing years are spent scattered and under the domination of Babylon, the Persians, Alexander the Great and his successors, and finally the Romans. The glory of the nation under King David is only a dim, millennium-old memory. But God's glorious return has also been foretold, in which all Israel's enemies will be destroyed, and she will be renewed as God's chosen people and his holy dwelling place. God left, Israel suffers. God will come back and vindicate his sweetie populorum. Hela, Dela indeed. This is Israel's hope. In addition, a messenger was promised who would give them a heads up so they could be ready for the party. John's birth is highly auspicious, stirring up hope and giving cause for jubilation to begin to bubble up, out of sight but waiting to break forth. Israel is a mess, but they are not worried that God's return will mean condemnation. Comfort, comfort my people, God tells Isaiah, and so they wait in eager hope. For many of, of us, myself included, talk of the last things, and particularly the judgment, brings with it not barely suppressed jubilation, but a fearful dread as we consider our sins and the eternal hellfire reserved for those who disobey. True, we have sinned, and our sins merit death. But in our baptism, we all died to sin. Our sins were washed away, and we were raised to new life in Christ as sons of God. We have been given an imperishable hope that Christ will return, and as he fulfilled the hope of Israel, he will fulfill our hope, vindicating us from our foes and raising us up to glory, if we have faith. And we have faith. We are all gathered here today because we have faith. The liturgy bears witness in our behalf when we sing the creed and when the priest prays, look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church. Why have we come? Because we have faith, 
But here Christ comes to us in vindication, giving himself to sinners for our salvation. It is a foretaste and glimpse of the final judgment, the sweetness and glory it promises to those who persevere, teaching us not to fear. And John, the bridegroom's friend, alerts us to his nearness. How? Here at the monastery, one way is the sanctuary bell that rang out a joyful peal to begin the Mass, a bell named St. John the Baptist. Let us heed his voice and prepare to meet our Lord in the Eucharist. Jubilant in that vindication, let us go forth to live his love and peace in lives of ongoing conversion. <laughs>